This morning, we're going to do something, this afternoon, we're going to do something a little different. We've been in a, a series on uh, the gospel, the, sh- the good news of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God breaking in upon us um, through Jesus. And so we've been sharing about that. Today, we want to have a little, uh, something a little different where we want to actually do a panel um, to talk about what does it look like to share your faith, to live out the gospel, to live out the kingdom life. So I want to invite those of uh, you that I've uh, Tapped on the shoulder for that, perfect. And I welcome them. Uh, I'll introduce them in just a minute. But as we get going, you know, I was just reflecting on um, uh, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're just going to take a couple of moments to read a scripture out of Luke um, chapter 10. And uh, this is uh, Jesus. He's, uh, he's just sent out his 12 disciples. He's been on a mission uh, to preach the gospel and heal the sick and raise the dead. And, uh, and having done that, he goes out to, um, to all of the, we all good? Yeah, he, he, he will pick up the story in Luke chapter 10, uh, verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. There's lots of things we could unpack here in this scripture. Uh, We haven't, you know, for the sake of um, hearing from uh, our panel members, I won't go into too much detail. But but essentially, why does he send out 72? Well, in, in Genesis chapter uh, nine or ten, he has. Uh, there's a, a what's known as the table of nations, and that that table of nations was the, the the number of nations that were in the known world at that time, and there were seventy or seventy two of them, depending on how you read it. And so Jesus here, he's sending out seventy two, symbolic of the reality that actually his mission and therefore our mission was to reach the whole of the earth with the good news of the kingdom of God. And so he's uh, and then he says to them this. He says, pray. The Lord is the Lord of the harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out into his harvest field. And so I've, I just set this alarm clock on my phone at 10.02, Luke 10.02, 10.02 every morning and every evening to pray and ask the Lord to send out laborers into his harvest field. And that's his, that's his command to us. And so this morning what we want to do is we want to look at what does it look like to be in the harvest field? How does God use us in everyday life to share his love and his light and his goodness and his joy to everyone around us? And and his great commission, which we see in Matthew 28, was to go and make disciples of all the nations. We were looking at it together with our young adult connect group this week. And uh, our call, our commandment from Jesus is to go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that he has commanded us. So without further ado, let me just get myself quickly settled. Um, Thank you, all three of you, for being here on this panel. It's uh, we really, it's just so, uh, it's good to be together. Right, I'm way out of the way here. And uh, such a great time this morning in the first service already. So you're in for, you're in for a treat. But look, let's, uh, let me just take a moment if, uh, to introduce yourselves. And uh, one of the questions in that introduction is, I want you to ask, answer is, what has God done in your life in helping you be someone who loves to share his love with those around you? So, Rosa, let's start with you. 
Good morning, everyone. My name is Rosa Rada. I'm 25 years old. I work for the governor of Connecticut, virtually from here in Raleigh, yes. uh, and lead a bipartisan initiative uh, that focuses on serving families holistically to move them up the economic ladder. Um, so God told me to move to Raleigh and join this amazing church family in July of last year. So I've been here since. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my story was I was raised in an atheist family, had no exposure to Christianity. Uh, and six years ago, I started this journey of seeking, of exploring every major world religion and form of spirituality and was coming up dry. Uh, and then three years ago from, from now, I had a radical encounter with Jesus in, in Baltimore City on the streets. Uh, and I have not turned back since, right? Because it's, it's, it's so consuming and it is so extraordinary. Um, and at this point in these three years, uh, I've had the great privilege, really, uh, to share my faith with thousands of people across many different demographics and lead many people to Jesus and then to follow and then disciple them uh, in walking this out. And I, as I was meditating on this question that Murray asked, like, what is that singular thing that has accelerated this and tilled the soil of it? And I think it's really just with my palms open, Father, prune me. Take, wow. take me away, right? The more and more that I die to myself and the fear of man is replaced by the fear of the Lord, I have nothing to lose. In yes. every single interaction, whether you're a high federal official who my job is on the line, yep. if I feel the Holy Spirit prompting, I'm going to do it because I have nothing to lose. So good. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that, um, you know, it was three, three and a half years ago that you said that you encountered Jesus. Three years, and he's taken you straight into the mission. No waiting around, just and, straight into the mission. And a quick asterisk, none of those experiences were in any formal mission or church yes. context. It's just everyday life. Just sharing your, your life with other people, yeah. sharing the love of God with other people. Yeah, so good. We're going to hear some more about that in a minute. Justin. Um, my wife, Kelly, and I are the outreach pastors here at Catch the Fire. We lead a ministry called Embrace, uh, which I think we heard a little bit about on the announcements or whatever. But um, what we do is we spend a lot of our time outside of the four walls here sharing the love of the Father. Everything that we learn here and uh, get here in worship, we just, we just want to take it out into yes. the city around us. And um, it's literally like a family reunion every time we go yeah. out. And so, <laughs> you know, I, um, we like to put labels on things like mission field or something like that. I just, I just call it Tuesday. Yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I call it Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, yes. whatever it is. It's just, yes. it's just life. Yes. It's just how we've shaped our lives. Yeah. And so, yeah, so good. So yeah. how did you connect, how did you get that sort of passion for winning people to Jesus? Yes, thank you. So um, uh, I grew up in the Lutheran church, actually. And so I've always had this revelation of God, just kind of this big ethereal thing. Yeah. And um, I never really felt like the church accepted me right. for who I was because I did things like wear orange pants to church and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, I realize now it's a bold choice. Um, but, uh, and I was severely bullied in high school. And, um, you know, I just really always felt on the outs. Right. I was rejected and, uh, like I said, bullied and beat up. And um, my voice was shut down and squelched. Yeah. And 
I, you know, when you're in that situation, you question everything. Yeah. And, um, and I was experiencing some of that stuff from the church as well. And so it, everything was just really confusing. And uh, I had this one friend yeah. who was a Christian, and he had every reason to do the same thing, reject me, push me aside, forget about me, and he didn't. He actually did the exact opposite. And he started walking life with me. He started joining in the things that I would do. And he invited me into things that he was doing. And, um, I mean, we're still very good friends to yeah. this day, actually. Right. But I, um, I was loved into the kingdom. So good. I was loved into the kingdom. And so somebody met me where I was at and shared the love of the Father. And so that I feel like that actually compels me yes. to go out and do the same thing. Because yeah. I was that guy. Yeah. And actually, when I go out and, and hang out with our friends, like, turns out the Father's still there. Still Jesus there. still there. Yeah. Still ministering to me just as much. Yeah. So it's Brilliant. awesome. Excellent. Thanks, Justin. So good. Shannon. My name is Shannon Merrill, and my wife is Rochelle. My pastor's here. And the, really, the passion for me began when I was young. Uh, I got invited out uh, with some other men to uh, share the gospel just out in public. And so I caught the vision way back then. Today, uh, some 30 some years later, I am an entrepreneur, have a couple of different businesses, uh, an author, and I have been able to see God transform the workplace. Right. And uh, even to the point where we've just moved into an office down the street, uh, five minutes away, and had several of the leaders here and some close friends come and dedicate the business again to the Lord, the property to the Lord, and to see the gospel presented through our business every time I get the chance has just been a delight of my heart. And I love seeing the gospel outside of the four walls, inside the realm of business. So this is a marketplace ministry for me. So good. Fantastic. Yeah, so good. Just different stories, different perspectives, different walks of life, but everybody's sharing a passion for the love of God and sharing that with others. So, Rosa, what does that look like in your own life of, you know, of reaching other people, of sharing the love of the Father with people? Um, so I try to have no boundaries in my life. We've been talking about that of sectors like work and home and church, right? Um, so with every human interaction, I ask, Father, what are you doing? with any stranger that comes and speaks to me, that's an invitation to preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, so the way that I really, my philosophy, and I just do believe that this is the heart of the Lord, is that I treat every person practically as if they already know Jesus. So I don't change who I am yes. in any instance. Come on. I don't filter it out. And, and really, it's, the reality is the only difference between them and me is that I said yes. Right. So I believe that everyone is a yet yeah. <laughs> believer. So in that, I don't see, I can not see people as other outsider. Yes. And then that just frees me up to love them truly. Oh. And the, <laughs> the, the thing that I always go back to that I just find works so beautifully is if I share of my own heart, yes. of my pain, of my vulnerability, of what I've been through and how Jesus touched me. And then the other person almost always responds with their pain and their struggles, and if they're lost, right, they talk about this emptiness, they don't understand these problems that they don't have answers to, yeah. and then it's smooth sailing. You just present Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and last thing I'll say is that I was reflecting on, of all these thousands of times 
who like have people really rejected what I was saying? Mm-hmm. And in, I, I mean, I can count on my hands. I think the times people wow. have rejected what I'm saying, and I think that's because I am sharing my own heart. You right. can disagree with my theology all you want, yes. but you cannot disagree with my experience. It's yeah. impossible. Yes. So good. So, so one of the keys, one of the keys for you is coming with humility, coming with your own, sharing your own experience, rather than coming to preach at them or tell them what's wrong or what they're doing wrong. Uh, and I would imagine, particularly in your line of work, where you're dealing with a lot of people from a lot of different perspectives and persuasions, um, that that approach would be really important. You want to just speak into that a little minute? Yeah. Um, so sure. Obviously, from my my world that I was in was very intellectual and secular and pluralist, right? That idea that pervades of, oh, there's many faiths and there's many ways to heaven. Um, So trying to come against that and to come against all the stereotypes of American Christianity, I think the only way you burst through it is to speak to their pain and to to be with them um, and to let the spirit move and minister to them. Yeah, so good. And so, so part of that is vulnerability. Part of that is a commitment to building some relationship. And one of the things, Justin, uh, has really impressed um, me and Ash about you and Kelly and the team is your commitment to see people for who they are and to build connection and relationship with them. So you want to tell us a little bit about that, how it works in your, in your world, in your life? Sure. Um, to us, relationship, it's everything. Yeah. Um, we're not here uh, to kind of get the conversion. Right. Right. There's a lot of, um, you know, in the 90s, I grew up, you know, like I said, in the church and stuff. And there there was a there was a lot of pressure. You know, this idea of the evangelist was about, you know, winning souls and getting all this stuff. And there there is absolutely a place for that. And I'm thankful, um, you know, for the church's role in 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 building some of that. But at the same time, for me, I came into the kingdom through relationship. Yes. And so. I think the keys that the Lord has given me is is how to build relationship right. with people, and so um, it's. I mean, it's just what you, it's all about. Just seeing the person in front of you, yeah. not even the circumstance that's in front of you. Um, obviously, speaking into pain, being vulnerable, being willing to learn, right. actually as well. Yeah, being um, because. Um, Nobody I mean, wants the expert. Nobody wants the expert, but also Jesus said, blessed are, are the poor and the poor in spirit, yeah. for theirs is the kingdom of God. And yeah. so if, if he meant that, and I think he did, yes. um, we have something to learn from other people, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, but that's all about, that is all about relationship, and it is definitely the long game, yeah. and, um, but it is so worth it. Yeah. It's so worth it. Yeah. One of the things that we learned from Ed Silvoso out of that uh, uh, Luke 10 chapter, as we didn't have chance to read, was this model that Jesus sent his disciples out with, which was to bless, fellowship, meet felt need, and then preach the gospel. And, uh, and that's really what you guys are you're both talking about, really, is that what's the felt need? It's the connection, it's the relationship, it's, it's what's the felt need, and then how do you meet that need? Shannon, how does that work in, in your world? How does it look, what does it look like for you to share the gospel in your daily life in your workplace you've got customers you've got clients you've got suppliers you've got employees how do you how do you do that what does that look like i believe that just one thing that we need to do individually is live with integrity right and when that is the example before us 
then my mentorship to my employees, yes. to the people around me and my sphere of influence, are then, they sometimes will question. Right. Okay, well, you know, like in, in, in my business, you know, there are so many opportunities for other businesses to sell goods that are not what the customer think they right. purchased. Yes. Because in the printing industry, you know, you'll you'll tell them, oh, I'm going to use this material, but at the end of the day, they're not going to know the difference. Yes, yeah, right. So you can cut the corners. And so to give worth to what you're selling yeah. is to build value. Yeah. And when you're able to build value, you're building value for the customer. Right. And then you give them something that has longevity. You're yeah. giving them worth. You're giving them a degree of uh, not having to waste their dollars. Yeah. And so then I get to tell when that opportunity comes, why I did that. Yes. Yes. Because not only is it just my name. Yeah. But it's their name. Yeah. And I care about who and what they offer. Yeah. Yeah, so good. So, so the witness of your life, the witness of your integrity, the witness of who you are, it makes me think about Daniel, you know, the story of Daniel in, uh, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel, in fact, um, where, you know, it says there was nothing that they could find that he'd done wrong and that there was favor upon him and that favor opened the doors. And it reminded me, someone else, you know, said that we, sh we, we are to leave, lead questionable lives, as in, but not as in, I wonder if you're integrous or not, is no, why are you that way? Why do you live that way? Uh, so that's, that's really good. Um, thank you. And so, you know, really part of what, we, we're, we're, what I hear you guys talking about is about sharing, sowing seeds, right? It's, you know, if we think about um, the, the, you know, someone who's receptive to the gospel versus someone who hasn't, you know, who's only just received or heard for the first time, is, is sowing seeds. And so not putting ourselves under pressure to have to bring someone all the way in, but at the same time being consistent with the relationship and being consistent with doing what God's called you to do. And, and I was, you know, we were chatting earlier uh, in the first service and I was thinking about um, you know, when that moment when you and Meryl and Nithya were on the stage um, just before Christmas sharing about discipleship, and so maybe, you, you know, my question to you, Rosa, is what, what does it look like to you to build long term with people and keep sowing those seeds and seeing them come to fruition? Well, yeah, I think first and foremost, you have to be committed to have relationships outside of the church. Right? Yes, you have right. to be able to sow into people not knowing what your return is, not knowing what God will do. Yes. Uh, and be fully open, right, if the Spirit is highlighting someone, that, that nothing else matters and, and you're going to follow that. Yeah. Um, and really the patience, I mean, the reality is you actually get so much reward from it, even if the person doesn't come to Christ. Like you learn better your own faith right. as you walk through it, right? Yeah. You're challenged in unique and fresh ways. Yes. Um, so I, I mean, there's relationships I'm in now where I, I never know if they'll see Jesus before they die, but yeah. I'm, I believe the spirit is highlighting and I'm gonna do it. And that's how I got saved. Someone yes. for a year and a half, Meryl, said, okay, I'm following the spirit, this random atheist girl, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna send her an email and invite her to church, right? Yes. Um, so that that willingness, that abandon to be able to do that, I think is so important. Yeah, fantastic. 
Really good. Yeah. Good job, Meryl. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it's interesting that you, certainly for the two of, of you, Justin and Rosa, you, you talked about the impact of someone else loving you really well and, and not seeing you as a notch on their belt, not seeing you as a project, you know, uh, and, uh, and again, that sort of that commitment. I was just reminded of a story that Ash and I had of some friends in, in, in England who uh, we were kind of inviting to church and then we moved to Australia and she said, you know, that it felt like as soon as she became a Christian, she was dumped. You know, the project was done and, off, and, and she moved on. And, and that was really sad to her heart. And obviously, we never want to see people, see people that way. Um, so, you know, it, it, let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the role of the Holy Spirit in sharing your faith. And, and what, you know, in, in what we might call the supernatural um, what have you experienced of, you know, God breaking in, in the ordinary and the day-to-day? -day? Shannon, I'll start that question with you. One story that comes to mind is our godson. Uh, his name is Jadavion, who we love so much. He was homeless when we met him. And my son asked if he could come and stay with us. And I thought, okay, sure, for a few days, no problem. So he came and stayed months later. <laughs> he had a really strong work ethic. Right. And I thought, I'm going to bring him in. Yeah. So I gave him an opportunity to come and work for me. Well, through that experience, Holy Spirit led him into salvation. Wow. And I got to teach him and mentor him. And it's now been six years since we've known him. And he's the one now that will send me scriptures yeah, no, and no. say, I was praying, I was reading. And so through that period of him working for me, I got to instill into him even stronger work ethics right. that wow. he takes with him. And so if, when I invite him to come over to certain family functions, he's like, no, no, got to work, got to work. Right. I'm like, well, you got to reel back too. Yeah. You know, you can, it's not all about work, but yeah. Holy Spirit, is is such a delight in my house and yeah. when i say my house my business because yeah. i've seen so many that the holy spirit has led in yeah. salvation yeah. there at our business yeah. and and what a joy to lean beside a vehicle down on one knee with one of my employees yeah. and lead them into salvation yeah. and then see get them a bible teach them how to grow get them involved in their church yeah it's absolutely a delight to see Holy Spirit yeah. working yeah. in the men's lives. And I mentor a lot of men, yeah. and especially the ones at my company. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Shannon. So good. Justin, how about you? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, for us, the supernatural is everything. Yeah. I mean, we, we believe that we are one with Jesus. Right. And that we are meeting him where he goes. And so everything we do is supernatural. Mm -hmm. Everything we do. Um, the smiles that we give, the handshakes, and we're we're called embrace, so we're we're a bit of a you huggy bunch, a yeah, you know. <laughs> this um, is about this church. We like yes, to hug, right? Yeah, yeah, we're a huggy bunch, and so um, <laughs> we, there's just a, there's just a lot of a lot of supernatural that happens and healing that happens in just those very small, like simple interactions. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, if I could just know, jump in, that's a yeah. really important point that I think it's worth mentioning. So often we think about. What, what our friend Curtis talks about as the high watermarks of, you know, seeing someone get saved or seeing somebody get healed. But, but actually just a smile, just a hello, just a welcome, just an embrace 
is actually really, really powerful, isn't it? Uh, sometimes it's the most powerful it's thing. It's the most powerful. It's the most powerful thing. Because yeah. um, it's genuine. Yeah. It's genuine. And people need to see genuine, authentic Christianity. Yeah. They need to see Jesus in that way. Yeah. And so um, just to give one kind of story uh, that we saw, um, one of the places where we go, we've been going for about nine months. And uh, one of the things we do is we will deliver groceries uh, into a community. And this particular person, you know, we would knock on the door and, and get some groceries and the encounter that we had was a crack, you know, she'd crack the door open and, you know, take the groceries, thank you, bye. And that was, that was literally it. And, you know, sometimes consistency is a big deal. Yes. And consistency being, um, having the patience for relationship yeah. and being willing to be consistent is in itself. You need supernatural strength for that. Yes. <laughs> and so, um, um, anyway, this particular person, uh, she had been in a very bad car accident and was experiencing like just debilitating pain and couldn't walk, could hardly move. And so uh, this one week we, like we always do, knocked on the door, delivered the groceries. And one of our team members uh, had brought her, her child with her. Yeah. And this child's nine years old and saw the pain that the person at the door had and said, can I pray for you? Yes. A nine-year-old? A nine-year-old, I, I know. It. I love it. I love this church so much. And um, the, <laughs> uh, the person who we've never even really had a conversation with, I don't think, had the ability to look in a nine-year-old's eyes and say no. <laughs> and so uh, this kid, he just put his hand on her leg and said, pain be gone, Jesus heal her. And she was healed. Oh, come on. She was healed. No more pain, everybody. It's so good, right? And, um, and now every week when we go visit her, she answers the door, swings the door wide open, and she's like, where's my little man? Where's my buddy at? And um, he's come back, and he's like, you know, anyway. But she, uh, every time she looks at us, she, she says, the first words out of her mouth are, no more pain. There's Come no on. pain. There's no pain. Yeah. And last week we, we went there and um, it was the same kind of thing, no pain. And she hugged one of our team members and I, it was just this amazing thing. Not a dry eye in the house or on the streets. And uh, there were team members actually on our team that were experiencing shoulder pain and some just aches and, yeah. and stuff like that. And she hugged every single one of our team members and they walked away pain-free. Come on. <laughs> and so we got to share with her that she was healed to give it away. Yeah. And now she's praying for other people in her community and all this other stuff. And so. Oh, so good. So good. Thank you, Justin. Rose, is there anything you want to add? Anything else you want to say as we head yeah, I know we don't have much time. Yeah. I, I guess something that's just really uh, heavy on my heart is the sense that, right, the we don't have to operate in this office of the evangelist, right? Like as I was as I was praying over this conversation, and I looked at the past even like two weeks of my life, yeah. and all these these moments of sharing my faith with people had to do with inner healing or worship or right. rest. Like yeah. it wasn't that I was pursuing them and trying to share the gospel. Although again, I will if he's prompting. Um, so I had shared in the first service the 
Murray texted me to join this conversation <laughs> right after I was at a doctor's appointment having my blood drawn. And the nurse, although she does it day in, day out, was saying, you know, I had this trauma related to blood and now I have like a serious reaction and I faint if someone draws my blood. Wow. So instead of saying, oh, that sucks, lady, yeah. I said, oh, well, I've actually had phobias and trauma in the past and people have prayed for me in the name of Jesus and it's gone. Can I Come pray on. for you? Come so on. just pray for it. I have one, I have like a minute and a half of this blood being drawn yeah. and that's how I share my faith. Yeah. Um, and then with the Holy Spirit, like, amen, right? That he's always moving, supernatural things happen. And then we get to not only lead someone else into encounter that's supernatural, but we're experiencing it, right? Yes. So I seek this kind of encounter just as much as I do worship and yes. prayer. Yeah. But it's also, I think, Holy Spirit is critical in that if you really believe you've died to yourself, you really believe the Holy Spirit's always in you, yes. the pressure's off, right. right? Like, he'll highlight someone or he won't. You'll, he'll highlight someone and you share a word and they don't take it well. And you say, okay, Holy Spirit, if you're not 100% leading, dusting my shoes off and I'm moving on. Yeah, right? so good, so good, yeah. <laughs> so what happened with the nurse? Oh, she's, so yes, afterward, yeah. I'm trying to shorten it no, right no, for it's you. Good. Afterward, she said, oh my gosh, I feel this new energy. I feel so good. And then she even started sharing about her life and yeah. how this had come at just the right time. Oh, right? so good, so good, yeah. Uh, I just, I just love that, that in a sense, the simplicity of just living with your life on display, and you know, uh, so good. Well, let me ask you one final question: um, How important is your personal prayer life in seeing the, uh, particularly for the last? You know, I was sharing earlier about how the Lord's leading me 10:02 every day to pray to the Lord of the Harvest, but He's also led us to sort of pray and bless our neighbors. What is that, how important is that in your own life and your own experience of actually praying, you know, in the secret place? What is that, you know, what have you seen? Uh, Rosa, why don't we start with you and then we'll work back that way. Sure. Um, so I, I mean, I tried, well, starting the day, right, in quiet time and soaking and then let God bring to your heart who the people are to pray for. Um, but I'm also finding myself the rhythm of just every interaction. I walk around my apartment complex and I see demonic stuff and I, say, I pray over them, right? And continually I say, God, bring them to me. Shannon was saying in the first service, right? If you see someone and your heart is after them in the Lord, just pray and God will probably bring them yes. to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that it's prayer that has then, prayers that might not have been answered that then a year and a half, something extraordinary happens. Wow. So it's that faithfulness, right, to press in. Yes, so good. Thank you. Justin. Yeah, I think, I mean, prayer is super important. Yeah. I kind of approach it the same way that Rosa does. Is, I mean, every interaction, I'm just trying to pray in a tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing and what Jesus is doing and what he wants me to do and how he wants me to pray. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, one of the keys I feel like we've been given um, is is actually the power of prayer is so important. Jesus wants his his kids to pray. Yeah. He wants to hear from each of us. And I feel like, um, you know, growing up, my my voice was so squelched right. that I never felt like my voice had value yeah. or had power or anything. Yeah. And it wasn't until somebody told me that Jesus wants to hear from me yes. that I actually decided to open my mouth and pray. Wow. And so uh, one of the things that we, we try to do when, when we're out hanging out with our friends is if there's an opportunity for prayer, we actually invite them to pray. Right. 
and empower their voice. Because sometimes, you know, you, you, want, you want the pastor to pray for you. Yeah. You, want, you, know, you, you want somebody else to take yes. on your problem. Right. Right? And take responsibility. And we do. We shoulder each other's burdens. And you, you weep with those who weep. And you rejoice with those who rejoice. But at the same time, people need to know that the Father wants to hear from them. Uh, and when I'm not... The ability for, for people to learn how to pray is so long-lasting. Yes. Because they can do it when I'm not there. Yeah. They yeah. can do it when we're not around. Yeah. And they can actually experience that oneness with Jesus that is the good news. If you feel lonely, you don't have to feel lonely because he's right there with you. Yeah. It's just a matter of connecting. And so um, prayer is everything. I love it. And I, I think what I, what I hear you describing is this dimension of discipleship before conversion. Right? So you're not just looking to reach, get them to a decision point. You're actually even before they come to know God, you know, potentially, actually teaching them that, well, he wants to hear your voice, so why don't you go and pray? And activating them in that discipleship process is amazing. So, you know, we're conscious of the time, um, so we probably need to wrap up. But Shannon, you want to finish with, you had a scripture before uh, in the first service. You know, I think one of the things, as you're turning to that, I think one of the things that's really important for us is Jesus said that we should obey what he commanded you know uh, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 7 he said you know the, the wise man who builds his house upon the rock is he who hears and does what I say and so you know one of the things that we we can experience and encounter is blockages is things that are you know difficulties and challenges each one of us you know has shared about or the, you know maybe feeling like your voice has been squashed or maybe you're feeling a bit ashamed or you're not quite surrendered to you know that moment that, that Rosa talked about about how you know, um, she saying, well, this is the Lord's life, so I'm just going to do whatever, you know, and, 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 you know, I'm not worried about the consequences. So, Shannon, you had a, a scripture for us you wanted to share, and then let's, let's pray for everybody and we'll wrap it up. So as I was preparing yesterday, I said, Lord, what scripture would you have that would bring all this back into focus? And he took me to Isaiah 25, verse 8. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. And, you know, there may be people that feel like, well, I haven't shared with anybody or I haven't done a good enough job. Well, thank God he doesn't judge us on whether or not we've shared but he gives us the right and the opportunity to come and be a light to those in darkness. And we do want to encourage everybody, if, even if you have had uh, intimidation in sharing the gospel, you're not alone. If you look to your right and to your left, you would probably talk to somebody that said, I've been very intimidated to share my faith. I have been intimidated to share my faith, and I've done it all my life. So the Lord wants to remove that shame and that disgrace that sometimes the enemy can make you feel like a coward because you didn't share your faith. Well, guess what? Enemy's the liar here. And we, he, he wants us to give us the opportunity. The Lord desires for us to be that gospel. And as Murray was sharing, that the laborers are few. And yeah. it's, it's our turn. Yeah, so good. Well, so I want to invite you to stand, if you would, please. And uh, we're just gonna we're gonna pray. And Rosa, I just I love that line that you said that you see everybody as 
uh, as Christians or, or already like you, not separating a divide, not having a divide. And so I would love it if you repeat what I just, what you actually said, because I butchered it, and then pray that over us um, and release an impartation. If you want an impartation, just take a moment to receive. We believe in this church that there's a transfer of the anointing that comes through the impartation, through the laying on of hands, and we're going to sort of virtually do that because there's so many of you, but believing that God will release an impartation into you. So say that again and pray it out if you would, please. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for this precious gift you have given us of salvation, God, that yes, we get to Lord. live with the living God inside of us. Yes. I just pray that you stir in every single heart in this room, Lord, regardless of whether they are a seasoned minister or a worship leader or they're four years old or 84 years old. Yes, God, you don't Lord. care. Yes. We are all the same in your kingdom, God. I just ask that you stir in us this desire to share your love, God, whatever little bit of it in the moment you want. Yes, Lord. I pray that each person, all the intellectual and religious shackles that have been on them and boxes that they've operated ah, in, Lord, oh yes, in Lord. Jesus' name, it would be broken. Yes, Lord. That every person would have eyes to see and ears to hear all you're doing and that they would see everyone else as someone who is not an other God. They would treat them actually as the brothers and sisters in this room, no different, yes, no Lord. less deserving of yes, your love. God, I just thank you for what you're doing. Start giving people images right now of the people that they're supposed to pray for, who they're supposed to talk to. As people leave this room today, may the next place they enter, the next stranger they encounter, God, may you move in that. May it be so encouraging. May they have an experience that then just lets us, is the song we were singing, the floodgates are open, God, yes, and your Lord. living waters would flow. And once it stops, you can't, you can't stop come it. Come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so, Holy Spirit, just fall upon us. Let that living water flow. Let that living water flow. We have a ministry team that's here if you feel like you've been coming up against some blockages, you feel like your voice has been squished, if you feel like you have felt embarrassed or ashamed, or you just feel like, you know what, I, I want more of that anointing, then I'm gonna ask each of you, our three friends to, to just to kind of come down and we'll pray for you. We're gonna invite our ministry team to pray. Uh, and just, you know, if you want an imp a fresh impartation or you want to, someone to stand with you and agree with you to help you to, to affirm your voice or to, uh, to actually release uh, you from fear and bring you into courage, then uh, please come forward. But we're going to draw the meeting to a close. Kate, I'm going to hand it back over to you. Thank you, panelists.